Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. What are six telltale signs to look for when it comes to a cult? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, because of an article that was in the Deseret News titled, The Religious Term You Should Try to Stop Using, we have been discussing the use of the word cult, because that is the word that author Kelsey Dallas had in mind for her Deseret News article that was posted on May 9th, 2023. And we're asking the question, should that word be dropped from our vocabulary? Is it wrong to use it? I want to emphasize again, I'm not against using the word, but I am in favor of using it very sparingly and with a lot of caution, because that word is a loaded term. If you're going to use that term, be prepared to explain to your listener what you mean by that term, lest they walk away misunderstanding what you meant by that. Well, in yesterday's show, we began looking at an article that was written by a man by the name of Dr. Roger Barrier. Roger Barrier was the senior teaching pastor at a very well-respected church in Tucson, Arizona. He's since retired, but he wrote an article titled, What is a Cult? The Six Telltale Signs to Look For. And we're continuing in this piece, and we hope to finish it today. In point number two, he says, most cults are led by a dynamic, charismatic leader who eventually controls and manipulates his or her followers. Does the LDS Church fit within that category? If you were looking at a 19th century Mormon church, I wouldn't think it would be very difficult to say absolutely yes to that question. In a 21st century context, Remember when I was discussing when Russell M. Nelson came out in a conference message saying not to use the word Mormon when describing the church, don't call yourself a Mormon, uh, don't use the word Mormonism or LDS, and overnight, Latter-day Saints were doing exactly that, overnight. See, I would look at that as a case of manipulation. Any one individual who has that kind of power over other people that they would change their vocabulary, even though they had no problem with those very words just a few weeks prior, I would say that's problematic. That, in my opinion, would be very cultish, very manipulative. And I think Russell M. Nelson it can be very good at that at times. It's interesting. Dr. Barrier writes under that second point, in contrast, true Christian leaders are humble. Well, I think about starting with Joseph Smith, as you're referring back to 19th century, Brigham Young. I, didn't, I don't see those two men as being humble. And you might say, well, Russell M. Nelson, he seems pretty humble. But I don't see that when I watch General Conference and these men come in as if there is they're demigods almost, coming into a room, and the entire place just stands up. I, I would say that 
many of the leaders are not, as Matthew eleven twenty nine says, meek and lowly in heart. And especially, as we talked about earlier this week, it seems like at every general conference, most of the talks include a citation from Russell M. Nelson. Humility, I don't know if this is a top characteristic for um, Nelson and other leaders in the church. Well, Dr. Barrier's third point, he says, surprisingly, most cult leaders grew up in a Christian environment. I don't know if that's a real strong point. That may be true. It may not be true. Whether it is or isn't, I don't know if that really should help us determine whether a group should be understood or labeled in such a way. Now, it's true that Joseph Smith did have a Christian upbringing, although we don't see a whole lot of influence of organized religion in his life. And what I mean by that, for instance, his father, Joseph Smith Sr., didn't like organized religion. He was very much against that. He also had a lot of weird beliefs. Some of them he passes on to his son, but I don't know if that would be a very strong point. But point number four, I think, is important. What does Dr. Barrier have to say about that? Cult leaders tend to ignore, confuse, add to, and or demean the Bible's teachings. He goes on to say, it is easy to trap Christians when cultists speak Christian language. This is why churches need to teach the Bible early and definitively. This is why new Christians need mentors. And we were just talking about that, the fact that a lot of the words that Latter-day Saints will use are words that we, as New Testament Christians, would use. And this can be very confusing because their definitions are very different from the definitions that we would use. And this is in the big words, folks, is like words like Jesus Christ. They define him in a different way. The word salvation, they define very differently. The word heaven is even defined differently. Scriptures defined differently. So when you hear these terms being used by our LDS acquaintances, we need to politely ask them what they mean. But the fact that they are doing that should cause us concern because the definitions that they are using are not definitions that have been used historically, nor can those definitions be justified when we look at what the Bible says about those particular words. And yet you have in Article 8 a commendation of the Book of Mormon, and then yet for the Bible, it says that the Bible is true as far as it is translated correctly. We've talked about this many times before. Translation is probably not the right word, transmitted. But how many times, Bill, have you talked to a Latter-day Saint who you bring out a biblical passage and they say, well, I'm not sure that was translated correctly. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, they're not going to trust the Word of God. Even the King James Version, which is the official version, they oftentimes minimize because there are other scriptures, perhaps. It might be in the Doctrine and Covenants. It might be in the Book of Mormon. That contradicts what you're trying to show them, and they're going to believe those and their leaders and what they teach over what the Bible teaches. You know, maybe one thing that a Christian could do in a conversation like that, and I've done this in the past, is when they say a Bible verse is not, has not been translated correctly, you might politely ask them, well, do you know Greek? Uh, if you don't, how did you come up with that conclusion? Did you read a book on the Greek text 
that caused you to draw that kind of conclusion? Normally they never have. They're usually parroting something that they may have heard in the local ward or maybe read by a Mormon authority in a book that they've written somewhere. But they usually have not done the homework. And I think it behooves us as Christians to encourage people such as this to look in to what they believe about these things and not just parrot what someone else has said. And I think that's a good rule for us as Christians as well. We shouldn't do that either, and unfortunately many Christians do. I think we need to study some of these issues, and yes, we don't have all knowledge. We need to go to those who are experts in the field, but we still need to go to the experts in the field. The fifth point is cults use devious methods to trap, deceive, and control their followers. And then he writes in in an article entitled The Power Abusers, Ronald Enroth demonstrates some of the tools used by cults to control their members. Behavior control and individuals' associations, living arrangements, food, clothing, sleeping habits, finances, etc., are strictly controlled. Um, would the LDS Church fall into that category? Probably not in every one of the areas, but food. Does the LDS Church not tell members sometimes what they can and cannot eat, such as Section 89 in the Word of Wisdom? Now, it's interesting that Dr. Enroth mentions clothing, because if there is one thing that's very unique to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's the temple garment, especially when you have people like Spencer W. Kimball, the 12th president of the church, saying that temple garments afford protection. I am sure one could go to the extreme in worshiping the cloth of which the garment is made, but one could also go to the other extreme. Though generally, I think while protection is a mental, spiritual, moral one, yet I am convinced that there could be an undoubtedly have been many cases where there have been, through faith, an actual physical protection, so we must not minimize that possibility. In a book called The Doctrine of Temple Work, author David E. Sorensen says the garment, when properly worn, will serve as a protection against temptation and evil. Now, there's no history to prove that early Christians ever wore such a temple garment, but it is a part of the clothing that Latter-day Saints feel they must wear once they've been through one of their temples. The next point, he makes information control. Cult leaders deliberately withhold or distort information, lie, propagandize, and limit access to other sources of information. Can we put the LDS Church into that category? I think uh, in some areas we certainly can. Talk about distorting information. How many times have we been told by LDS leaders things that we know later on were not exactly true? They have distorted information. Even in recent times, when it comes to this account in Ensign Peak of having over $100 billion, the way they spun that story I don't think was very convincing. And obviously it didn't convince the uh, Securities Exchange Commission because they were fined $5 million for the way they handled that money. But limited access to other sources of information. Now, that's no longer possible for even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The internet has made that impossible. But remember when the Gospel Topics essays first started coming out, one of the reasons why they had to come out with these Gospel Topics essays is because people were asking questions about LDS church history and theology, and they weren't satisfied with some of the non-answers that they were getting from their local leaders. The church was forced to come out with these essays to be more transparent about their past. Why? 
because they weren't being that transparent about it beforehand. So you could say the LDS church can fall under this information control, although I think the internet has made that more and more difficult for the church to actually accomplish among its members. Another point, thought control. Cult leaders use loaded words and language, discourage critical thinking, bar any speech critical of cult leaders or policies, and teach an us-versus-everyone-else doctrine. Well, we know that the LDS Church has always frowned upon any type of criticism that a member may give against the leadership. That's just not something you're supposed to do. And they give the impression that what they are saying to you is going to be absolutely correct. This goes clear back to Joseph Smith, who said, I will inform you that it is contrary to the economy of God for any member of the church or anyone to receive instruction for those in authority higher than themselves. He also went on to say, When did I ever teach anything wrong from this stand? When was I ever confounded? I want to triumph in Israel before I depart hence and am no more seen. I never told you I was perfect, but there is no error in the revelations which I have taught. Now, this can be found in a book called Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 368. When you have a leader say something like that, is there really any room to criticize? Once they've told you that they never taught anything that was inaccurate, how are you going to criticize that? Maybe you've been interested this past week on this topic. We have a website article. It's called Mormonism, Christian, Cult, or Question Mark, and it's found at mrm.org slash Christian hyphen or hyphen cult, Christian or cult. And we might mention, too, when you go to that article, there's going to be another link near the top of the page that goes to an article that was written by MRM's Sharon Lindblom that I think you will find to be very interesting as well. Again, I don't think this is a word that should be dropped from our vocabulary, but I will stress that it is a word that we should use very cautiously because it is a word that is very, very loaded. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.